0: The Mavs, even the series, the two game series in Minnesota that beat the Timberwolves, Rudy Gobert played, but it didn't matter. Let's talk about how Luka Doncic sliced up the Wolves late and a little bit of uh, Jalen Brunson tampering talk coming up on today's Lockdown Mavs. Bye. And this is Lockdown Mavs. JK are NBA champions. don't believe you shouldn't be here welcome to lockdown mavs it's one of your co-host isaac harris half of lockdown mavs contributor to mavs.com studio 41 and the mavs even the series against the timberwolves now you could be listening to saying isaac why do you sound weird guys i'm sick all right so let's just get over it really quick elephant in the room i'm sick this is how my voice is gonna sound i have my tea i have tea with me so i'll be taking uh sips of tea and um nick is out with family uh so uh yeah let's do this let's do a pod because the mavs won they beat the timberwolves 104 to 99 and they they bounce back you know it's this two game series they've been in minnesota for about three game, three days um lose that first one win this second one so question for you on youtube if you're watching lockdown Mavs on youtube it really helps us out if you leave a comment below anything below or if you want (laughs) to leave a comment uh, about this in the third segment i'm going to talk about the Jalen brunson tampering stuff do you care about the Jalen Brunson tampering story yes or no leave a comment below if you care about it because I don't know I don't know actually I know where I stand but you have to wait for the third segment on that um yeah so thanks for making lockdown as your first listen of the day here we are so uh Mavs beats the Timberwolves like I said Rudy Gobert played in this game even though at times I'm gonna be honest I thought they played better defense with him off the floor um, you know, there were there were a few stretches when Minnesota's playing defense with Rudy off the floor that they were switching. Um, and, uh, you know, they were a little smaller on the floor, obviously. And then when Rudy came in, they were playing a little bit more drop. And it just allowed, you know, Luca and Dallas to kind of feast a little bit more and craft them, uh, craft them up a little bit. So uh, it's kind of weird with that. But, you know, when you give up five first-round picks and whatever else you gave up for Rudy Gobert – You got to play him. So, uh, plays in this game. Obviously, Caron towns didn't play in this game. He's still out, still hurt. Uh, but they had, uh, Russell, Anthony Edwards, uh, and the rest of their crew for Dallas. No, Dorian Fitty Smith, no Josh green, no Maxi Kleba. So, uh, I was listening to some of the, uh, pregame stuff and, um, You know, I think it was Mark Folliwell asked Jason Kidd about defense. You know, obviously you're losing Maxi and Dorian. That's two of your best defenders. Josh is a great defender off the bench. And Jason Kidd said, hey, next, you know, it's the next guy's up. It's Reggie and Reggie and Tim. And, you know, it's kind of worrisome whenever Tim is one of your primary defenders. But um, they didn't play that bad of defense this game. They held a team under 100 points. I get it. They scored 99 but it's not a hundred. So uh, being technical about that uh, post game, Tim Hardaway said that he looked up at the scoreboard. He's like, Hey, anytime you hold a team under hundred points, it's good. I was like, I went back and checked the box score. I'm like, well, they did. I was like, ah, okay. It, that's true. 99 is not um, a <clears> hundred. <throat> so I was worried about this going into the game. Rudy, uh, Rudy scores about eight, <laughs> eight straight points. It felt like in, in the first part of the first quarter. And I'm like, dude, he's going to feast. Uh, on this team on the inside because like we pointed out in the first game huge difference for points in the paint uh, for minnesota and dallas so whenever they have these two game series uh you know like nba teams do now i like to compare the you know game one to game two kind of so you're looking at points in the paint in game one just a few days ago minnesota had 58 compared to dallas's 18 now it felt like this was a key point for dallas to focus on in this game because there was a there was a point in the first half that dallas in the first half in the second quarter the dallas already had 18 points in the paint and minnesota had 18 points in the paint i'm like wow it's the second quarter and they've already equaled the total amounts amount of points they had in the paint in game one now the difference, um, there was still a huge difference by the end of the game. Uh, Minnesota finished with 50 points in the paint compared to Dallas' 28. but That's still 10 more points for Dallas in the paint. They made a, more of an effort of, hey, we're going to get into the paint this game more than the last game. We can't just settle for, ba- settle for bad shots on the perimeter or long two. So they got into the uh, paint a little bit more in this game uh, for Dallas. You look at the fouls, I think if, I, if I'm a Timberwolves fan uh, today, I'm bringing up the uh, the foul discrepancy <laughs> or the free throw discrepancy in this game uh, because, you know, that's always an easy, low-hanging fruit to do uh, on a box score because um, Dallas had 11 less fouls than the first game. So uh, I don't know if this was a point of emphasis. Um, I don't know if it's ever a point of emphasis of, like, hey, can we foul less? I feel like that's a common thing that you kind of want to foul less. But uh, 11 less fouls for um For Dallas, (laughs) ten Minnesota had ten total free throws in this game. So, you know, not complaining. There's also you could also go down the route of saying, all right, so Minnesota had 50 points in the paint, but they only had 10 total free throw attempts. So, if you're the Timberwolves, that's what you're complaining about. Not saying that there was a bunch of missed calls. I'm just saying that's the low-hanging fruit for a T-Wolves fan looking at a box score that. You could try to draw those conclusions if you didn't watch the game. There probably there was a few different plays. I'm like, eh, okay, probably should have called a foul on on a Maverick player right there when they drove in the paint, but they didn't. And I'm not comparing, or I'm not complaining. Sorry, I just read compare. Uh, Minnesota had 24 free throws in game one, by the way. Um, can I just talk about Denwitty real quick? Uh, we're gonna, I'll talk about the fourth quarter in uh, the second segment because. I think that was the story of the game those last uh last half of the fourth quarter but uh let's talk about Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie went four of eight from the three-point line and you know the the guys the the three-point shooting around luca is always going to be a thing you know there's a great um josh bow had a great tweet uh writes at mass money ball you'll, you'll probably follow josh on twitter he had a great tweet of this graph he made Back, I don't even know what year um, he made the graph of. Basically, when 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 Mavericks uh, role players hit the shots that are created from Luca, they look like a Finals team. When they miss the shots created by Luca, they look like a lottery team. And it's it's just a great a great simple graph that kind of explains the Mavericks of the past. Like I don't know all of Luka's career. And <clears throat> in this game, you know, we always focus on those two wing spots. Typically, it's Dorian and Reggie. This game, it's Tim and Reggie. Of how many three point attempts can Dorian and Reggie get off in a game? In this case, like I says, Tim and Reggie. Tim shot 10 threes and Reggie shot seven. That's 17 three point attempts from those two guys. And what, t- what that tells me is Luke is getting into paint and being a magician and creating these shots for others. And that's the thing. It's like, man, Luke is always going to create these shots for these guys. They just got to hit them. And tonight, you know, Dallas, they only shot 33% from. From three, but Tim hit you know, Tim hit four of them. Dinwiddie hit four of them, four of eight. And I want to bring up Dinwiddie because Dinwiddie's shooting now after this game, he's shooting over 42% from three. And I think this is kind of getting looked over a little bit. Like that's a huge deal. Dinwiddie being the starting creating guard next to Luca, shooting 42% from three. I think is a massive deal for this team. So I was looking at I was like, this is let's just see um in the league what that's compared to so there's only 22 players in the nba they're shooting over 42 percent from three but here's the other case a couple of those guys on that list and that 22 players including spencer denwiddie but a couple of those guys have shot like 83s this season you know how many denwiddie's uh taken this season he's taken 202 So he's taken over 200 threes this season, and he's shooting 42% from three. So if you look at those 22 players that are shooting over 42% from three, and then you put the qualifier on it of they've taken at least 200 threes this season, you're looking at four players. Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Larry Markkinen, and Spencer Dinwiddie. He's literally one of the best three-point shooters in the league right now. And how many of them is he taking off the dribble, sidestep threes, open threes, catch-and-shoot threes, like... For a guard playing next to Luca, this is what you ask for um, at, from a three-point shooter. So I think that's a massive thing and so important. There's a lot of frustrating things about this math season. A lot of things that are not fun to watch. But one of the positives this season is Spencer Dinwiddie's outside shooting. And it needs a little bit more love if it was up to me. All right, let's take a quick break <coughs> and we'll be right back. Did you know that Wow. What about that voice right there? Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. If you think law enforcement officers can't tell you when you're driving high, can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Whew. Guys, thanks for uh, listening to Locked On Mavs. Make your second listen. Locked on sports. Pete Bukowski talking about the biggest stories in sports. Go listen to Locked on Sports after this. All right, I gotta take another sip of tea. Sorry, this is part of it. My voice is literally about to die. God, this tea is horrible too. I don't know about y'all, but when you're sick, if you have somebody in your life. Uh, my case, my wife, who like finds all these like random things. And is like, hey, I want you to take this. Um, and then you like question it and it's like, yeah, why am I taking this? What, what is this? Uh, it's like, ah, oh, I found this some all natural thing that this lady off, I don't know, Instagram or over friends or something. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm taking, but sure. I'll take it. So if I end up dying pretty soon, this pod is, um, proof you can use this as evidence. So here we go back to the game. I think the story of this game was the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter in this game. Um, when you look at the final stretch of this game, let's just look at a few fourth quarter stats real quick. Luca took two shots, and they won the quarter, and they won the game in the fourth quarter. I love seeing games like this because we love Luca. Uh, we love Luca takeover games, and they're a lot of fun, right? Like we all enjoy them. But when when the other guys win games too, um, now Luca had a lot to do with this. I'm not taking, it, but when the other guys hit the shots at the end of games. I really love that, too, because it just instills confidence in the team. Like I said, Luca took two shots in the fourth quarter of this game. um that was he was tied for fourth uh, on the amount of on shot attempts in the fourth quarter. but Dallas had twenty nine points compared to um Minnesota's twenty four there in the fourth. but Mav shot sixty percent from three in the fourth quarter. and they had that stretch. We all know the stretch if you watch the game towards the end there to where they hit five straight three-pointers back to back to back to back to back i think did i just say five back to back. yeah five um sixty percent they had six out of ten threes uh in in the quarter and i mean that's the story of the game it's going back to that graph it's going back to the whole thing of like luca i mean luca was just crafting up their defense like a magician of let me get into the paint let me do what i do best and then I'm gonna find the open guy. And tonight, the open guy was hitting late, and that was really the story. I mean, I was worried throughout the game. I was like, "Here we go." Like, we're gonna if we're gonna lose this game, and you know, it's still. I'm we're being honest right now. It still wasn't a fun game to watch, right? Like, I didn't have a ton of fun watching this game until the end. Until they started hitting shots, I'm like, all right, we pulled out this win. This is good, but it wasn't like a great feeling win. wasn't walking out of it saying, "Man, you know what." we're going to the finals i feel it Not saying that right now but um denwood hit two threes reggie hit two threes tim hit two threes all in the fourth quarter and that was just the stretch that ended it I do want to give a lot of credit to christian wood's block i thought that was a nasty block uh one bolden i mean i thought anthony edwards was going to absolutely baptize christian wood there in the fourth he took off like he was going to dunk then try to do like a layup and stuff and that's the thing with christian wood at the rim he'll at least put his hands up it's not like people are scoring on him and he's like not trying at all but at least put his hands up and for that block that he had i think on mcdaniels you know mcdaniels is up pretty high and i think on the broadcast follow even where Hart pointed out that he was coming down on the dunk and that's true because of like bent wood's hand back but um bold you know for christian wood to challenge it and a great block from him so um Hats off to him it was a clutch block, it was under a minute to go. Um, Minnesota really needed that bucket. And uh yeah, just a monster of a block for him. And you know, he played half the quarter, Luca played about half that fourth quarter. Christian Wood obviously started in this game. It was a tight nine-man rotation for Dallas since so many players were out. Um Jaden Hardy's with uh you know G-League team right now, along with Tyler Dorsey. So um, yeah, Frank played a little bit in this game, but you know, just nine nine players playing this game for Dallas. And that's what it came down to. It was at the end. It was Luca creating those plays. Um, Minnesota couldn't hit shots late. They were missing some of their shots. Austin Rivers hit a three. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Why are you still in the league? Um, if we had to rank like top ten players that I dislike in the league, Austin Rivers is uh in that top ten. There you go. And uh what a different game for Nas Reed, you know. Um it's crazy to get Nas Reed put up twenty-seven points the like twenty seven and nine. And then he goes back to coming off the bench. He plays 12 minutes and has six points. And it's like, well, y'all kind of look better when you had Nas Reed out there instead of Gobert. Nas Reed could switch a little bit better, could hit the three. And uh must be a weird experience for Nas Reed saying, so we won when I played. And uh yeah. Dallas wins. That's big. They're 16 to 16, Minnesota 16 and 16. Uh, question for you guys. Which fan base is happier right now, Dallas or Minnesota? Which fans are more satisfied, more fulfilled right now during the season? Both teams at 500. Say both teams are underperforming. Which franchise is in a better spot? You look at Minnesota, they have Anthony Edwards, uh, Carl Anthony Towns under contract for you know two young, great players. Um good players say good under contract for a while get expiring and d'angelo russell got a good young defender mcdaniels and then you did the overpay for rudy gobert gave up all your draft picks basically and then dallas obviously you got luka but you're looking for the other parts still you're looking for the number two you're looking for so it's like minnesota right now they have anthony edwards I think that's their building. I think that's their main building piece. They have their number 2, you know, let's say in cat. They think they did their Drew Holiday trade for Rudy Gobert cuz right, that's probably what they're thinking, right? Of hey, whether you think it's Ant or Cat. my wife just started dying laughing. So, I was I was thrown off, sorry. Um <clears throat> and then, you know, they have their like Chris Middleton in the other player. And it's like, hey, we're going to empty all the draft picks uh, for the third final piece for us to be a contending team. So they're probably viewing the Rudy Gobert trade as their Drew Holiday trade, except Rudy Gobert's not Drew Holiday. Shocking, breaking news. So how would you feel? Like which fan base is happier that they're looking at it saying, man, this stuff's just not clicking, but we've kind of made all of our moves. Unless they trade like a cat or something like that. Or you look at Dallas and you're sitting there saying, "All right, we have Luca, the better player, but we don't have a clear cut two. We've at least made a few playoff, you know, appearances and had some playoff moments. Um, yeah, I just wonder who, I just wonder which fan base is happier right now. I'm, I'm genuinely curious about that. I don't know many uh, Timberwolves fans in my life, but uh, it's just a question I have, and uh, be curious to see how that is moving forward. All right let's take another quick break and then we'll be back gotta talk about some jalen bronson uh tampering if uh that's cool with y'all this podcast is sponsored by better help better help guys we all go through times in life right we have those valley moments there's mountaintop moments that are great and we're enjoying life everything is just beautiful rainbows and flowers but man, those valley moments could come so fast and you don't know, you're looking around saying, I don't even know what the next step is. I need help. Um, life doesn't come with a user manual, right? Like we, it doesn't have a book uh, that can open up and tell us everything about our life. Although there's a book I know. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to say that. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with that. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure. Whether it's a career change, new relationship, maybe becoming a parent, therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. It's the world's largest therapy service. BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionals licensed vetted therapists available 100 online plus it's affordable no waiting rooms no traffic no endless searching for the right therapist learn more and save 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on mba that's BetterHelp help h-e-l-p.com slash locked on mba all right wow let me take another drink of my tea let's talk about Jalen brunson Leave me a comment if you're still listening to this, despite my voice. Leave me a comment because I know some of you are going to reach out to me and be like, Hey, sorry, I had to turn it off. Can't listen to your voice like that. So if you're still watching, leave a comment. Let me know. Let me know. Got a great tweet yesterday. Um, somebody said, What gets them up every day is thinking about is our pod, Nick and Isaac, talking. Mike, bless your soul. So if that's you who tweeted at, my wrong side. My heart goes out to you. Thank you. So uh, earlier yesterday, the NBA announced. Oh, dang it, I had it pulled up. Here you go. Official announcement from the NBA. The NBA announced today the New York Knicks violated league rules governing the timing of the season's free agency discussions, and the league has rescinded New York's own second-round pick in the 2025 draft. This outcome reflecting a finding Following an investigation that the Knicks engaged in free agency discussing discussions involving Jalen Brunson prior to the date in which such discussions were permitted. Wow. I am so shocked by this news. Like I can't believe it. You're telling me the Knicks talked to Jalen Brunson before free agency. You, you mean he talked to his dad about playing for the Knicks? before free agency pretty shocked uh, that that news came out and man i i'm just so thankful that the nba got it right that they i mean they took away a whole a whole second round pick that 20 for 25 second round it's looking nice like have y'all looked at those prospects yet ringer nba uh draft guide i don't know if it's out for 2025 but i mean the rumors are saying that that second round in 2025 those you know prospects 40 to 30 you know to 60 is looking looking real good real difference makers franchise changers so it's huge huge loss for the knicks losing that second round pick no i just don't care honestly i don't care about the story anymore i didn't care a while back uh when they said they were going to investigate because it doesn't do anything like what does it matter to dallas right now what is nico harrison and mark cuban setting back whenever they get the news like I'm assuming they got a call from somebody saying, hey, this this was the results, whatever it is. Like you're not celebrating, right? Like you high to somebody saying, oh, yeah, we got him. Cool. Like they lost the second round pick. Who who gives a crap? Like it's not even I've seen somebody throw out a while back saying, you know, what if what if the other team gets the gets the docked pick? Like what if Dallas got the 2025 pick from the Knicks? I mean, cool. Like it would at least make a little bit more like sense, or at least like, oh, okay, a little less sting. But even that, I'm not sitting here saying, wow, that's huge, right? Like, who? I I don't know. I it's just, It's kind of like the two minute report. You know, I get those notifications or those emails or whatever it is every single day, saying here's a two minute report from the night before. Like, all right, cool. You know how many times I've opened that thing? Probably like twice in my life. Because it's like, what? It doesn't change anything. Like cool that we can look at and say, "I'm glad you talked to your dad." I'm glad when y'all are talking about where you're going to eat one day that y'all are like, "Hey, start about some Knicks stuff." And they caught it. Okay, who like we all knew this is happening. So um, shout out to the NBA. Glad that confirmed what everybody was, everybody knew and thought. And I don't think the Knicks care. The Knicks are having a great season. We just had a pod yesterday talking about potential All Stars. And you know Bronson could be an all star this year, and that's probably going to piss off some Mavs fans. But I mean, Bronson or Randall have to get in for for the Knicks, especially if they're playing like this. And who knows which one's going to be? But he's having a great season. He left. He left here to go do exactly what he's doing in New York City. He had all the family connections in New York. He wanted to run his own team, and you know what? He could be an all star. And so everything that he wanted and left for. He's doing exactly that right now. So like I don't I'm not sitting here like faulting him. He'll be here next next week, right? You know, it's 27th, 2 days after Christmas. Nick's will be in town, Bronson's return. Dirk statue will be up for a few days then, and uh we're unveiled for a few days and uh, I'm sure Bronson will go out and check that thing out and, and uh it'll be fun, but um uh, Yeah, I just honestly don't care about it. But that's the news uh, with Brunson stuff. If you've been, you know, waiting, checking in, waiting for the results of that investigation every day, shout out to you. Um, I honestly don't think you exist, but if you do, today was your day. You could celebrate and have a glass of wine tonight that uh, the Knicks were docked a 2025 pick while uh, Dallas lost him for nothing. So uh, don't think the Knicks care. And honestly, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks should care either. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow for day before the Rockets game. Thursday night pod, couple days till Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, uh, which is when the Lakers come to town. It's also the unveiling of the Dirk Nowitzki statue. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Dirk uh, tomorrow, probably on tomorrow's pod, as I had some Hall of Fame uh, news come out. But, um, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. Guys, it's been good. Thanks for bearing with me, despite my voice. I appreciate you for sticking in there. And I'll try to drink more and more tea tomorrow and have this voice a little bit better for you. Peace out. Boom. Would be help if I actually push the button at the end. Let's try this again. Peace out. Boom. Let's go.